You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome once again, or the first time, or the fifth time, or the 100th time, or the, I don't even know if we've hit 200 yet, we never know, to the Pride of Detroit POD cast, prideofdetroit.com, at Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook, you know where to find us, Pride of Detroit not on Tumblr, because the Lions being, uh, the football team has been classified as uh, sexual content over there, and that is being purged from Tumblr, completely and utterly. We are a topical podcast. We are a topical podcast here, and I am your topical but very adequate host, Chris Perfett, at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. The Sicilian, I don't even know where I was going with that. Never mind. Uh, Jeremy Reisman is here, the fearless leader at Detroit Online. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, and I don't have anything witty to say this time, so hello. Did you ever have a Tumblr? No. Were you a Tumblr SJW, as the crazy people on Twitter like to say? Just the SJW part. Yeah, we're a all soy, A soy boy, as someone called me this week. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's their new thing. That is the right's new thing, to call people like that if you ingest soy, you have somehow ruined your testosterone. I've never enjoyed soy. I've probably only had it a couple times. I am the last thing. Like, Cali boy Wait, is, is you, much more accurate than soy boy. You don't like edamame? Not really. It's okay. It's fine. Soy sauce? I like soy sauce. Everyone yeah, but like there's, there's some soy and there's soy and other stuff too. You just probably don't remember it. Whatever. I'm not a soy boy! <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Matthews. Black is the motherfucking rock guy! At Ryan underscore P-O-D. Ryan, do you like edamame? I do like edamame, and another interesting thing about soy is that I found out that I was lactose intolerant about three months ago, so I've had to switch over a lot of my diet to soy things, and I don't know, the right might have a point, because I feel like half the man I used to be. <laughs> feel that <laughs> testosterone oozing out of you? It's, it's just evaporated. So you what are about, a soy boy, then. What about trying, um, I, I, I never, I tried switching away from milk just because I was worried about that same thing, like, have you tried almond milk? cashew milk i've i've tried everything chris i've tried cashew milk i've tried oat milk i've tried um we need milk suggestions here people non-lactose milk suggestions at pride of detroit on twitter tried coconut milk i've tried them all i've tried them all but if you have any suggestions i mean the only one that seems to at least be halfway decent and it still tastes like it still tastes like drywall mixture um is uh it's just like original silk. 
like unsweetened. I don't know. It's all bad. Whatever. The, I don't even the, know what I'm talking don't, about. Don't don't shout them out. They don't sponsor the podcast. There was a, there was a Natural Geographic story that came out recently about spiders nursing yes, with I milk. I saw that. So I, I think maybe spider milk is, is the answer. I don't think spider milk is ever the answer to anything, Jeremy. <laughs> Well, let's go into one more thing that spider milk isn't helping. The Detroit Lions not winning. Oh, boy. That is. I'm going to give that a 2 out of 10. 2 out of 10. Nah, I tried. I tried. Detroit (laughs) Lions 16. Detroit Lions 16. I hate you. Uh, LA Rams, Los Angeles Rams 30. And I think this is this is a game I feel like if we were to look at this, this was not a good week for the top teams in the NFL. And I think a lot of people would come in here and say, wow, oh my God, the Lions held the Rams to, uh, I would say, probably three quarters of tolerable football back and forth before the Rams really pulled away. But I think that's a bit of a mirage. What would you say that, Jeremy? Not necessarily. I think the Lions defense did a lot of good things in this game. And granted, they were they, they benefited from Jared Goff playing probably his worst game of his career. Uh he's inaccurate all day and he made a couple strange decisions, including that pass that was intercepted by Quandre Diggs. But I think you have to take away some good things from from what the Lions did in this game. They were able to stop the run for about three and a half quarters. Um, the, the final stats don't really look that good, but they were they were controlling Todd Gurley for most of that game, and, and it got the, the Rams into a lot of third downs, and they weren't particularly good on a lot of third downs. And uh, I, I continue to be impressed by this defensive line. A'shaun Robinson and Snacks, I think, had you know the kind of games that we're already accustomed to, to seeing them play. Um, working together, um, Romeo Quara played pretty well in this game. Devon Kennard, before he got out of, uh, out of the game with an injury, played all right. Um, the, the one guy in the defensive line that probably didn't meet my expectations was Ezekiel Ansah, who's finally off the injury list, and I don't think he recorded a single tackle in the game. But overall, I, I think you have to give a lot of credit to this Lions defense. I thought they played very well for pretty much the entire game, and the only reason why the Rams hit their kind of 30-point mark that they've been hitting every single week is because the Lions gave him a short field twice in late in the fourth quarter, and and the Rams took advantage of that. Ryan, uh, what's what is is there a lot to take away as far as positive? Where I, I I differ on this from Jeremy, but I want to get your take here. Um, I don't know if there's a whole lot to take away on a macro level of like good things. Like it's not like oh, the defense was like particularly impressive or the offense looked impressive or special teams looked impressive. Like, I don't think you can turn to any specific facet of the game and say like, yeah, there were like good things that happened in the game that stand out more than the bad things that happened. But um, I I think that there are some individual performances that uh, were surprising, but also I don't know if they have any sustainability. So does that mean that any good thing happened on Sunday? I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm answered, not just. Dismay- I answered. I answered. I answered your question with a question. Well, I'll, I'll try to answer that question then. I think there were some good things. We'll probably talk about them in a second. But as far as holding the Rams close, I just I I'm not of a mind to really give too much credit to the lines for that because a we've seen this team uh, perform well 
to punch above its weight more than a few times, but then depressingly just decide not to show up other times. But more about the Rams themselves. The Rams are not a football team. I, I know they're I know they are eleven and one, but they are not a team who just puts teams away. Like I'm just looking through their last few losses. Like I've compiled these here things here. Three points over the Chiefs. Yeah, sure. That was a kind of a shootout, but then it was a five point margin of victory over the Seahawks. Uh, second time, first time they played them was only two points. Packers, two point margin of victory, three point margin of victory over the Broncos. The only team they really kind of housed uh, in almost the last couple of months was the 49ers and then the Chargers, who they beat by thir- uh, 12. And then, of course, the Raiders and the Cardinals to start the season. But they're not a team that like. This I think this is actually, if I'm not mistaken, this is, no, Cardinals is a higher margin of victory, but this is a pretty high margin of victory as far as the Rams are concerned. Yeah, and, well, I, I, think a, I think a lot of that can be attributed to what, you know, Jeremy alluded to. Jared Goff just looked, no pun intended, but Goff looked off. Like, he, he had a lot of passes that he just missed, sailed, made, made you know, bad calculations, made bad decisions, um, just missed throws. So, I think that that combined with I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Chris. Like the Rams aren't a team that has really shown the capability or the wherewithal to like blow teams out. But I think it also comes back to something that Matt Patricia commented about uh, today, I believe, when he talked about how um, the team, like the Lions, are like making like fundamental improvements, but at the same time, like they're just not like closing games out. Like they're not when when it comes winning time or when it comes time to like um, you know make that make that play or do that thing that's going to help them win the game. They don't do those things at all. And I think even Chris Spielman alluded to it during the broadcast. And maybe it was like the only thing I've ever agreed with that Chris Spielman's ever said. Chris Spielman was very, very um, lucid this, this uh, broadcast. He was lucid. He was antagonizing. He was talking about him later. Yeah. But like he specifically mentioned on the broadcast, like, you know, uh, you know, Theo Riddick was open on like this screen, like had he like, you know, had Matthew Stafford just seen him or like, you know, TJ Jones would have had a touchdown pass if he wouldn't have committed pass interference. Like all of these little things add up and eventually mm-hmm. it always ends up this season. It seems to be like a lion's loss, but like at the same time, like the Rams, like they know like how to put away a game. Like Todd Gurley did one of his patented, I'm not going to run all the way in the end zone. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to have the lions burn their time out. Uh, that they have remaining and you know we're really gonna like seal this game away so and just to make up to, just to even made it up to fantasy owners too unlike two plays later yeah thank goodness that he took care of them <laughs> jeremy uh, i think to a point you brought up too like and as ryan alluded to a lot of the reason the lions got into this they took advantage of golf making some mistakes early on but it's ultimately on the lions on why they lost i feel like like we're we're going to talk about coaching here in a second too but you know Stafford made some mistakes too and once again it's kind of brought out some people to really question what's been going on with him this season so what what was the factors in your mind why the Rams and you you mentioned those mistakes what what were the key mistakes that the that the Rams took advantage of well in a lot of ways the game played out exactly as last week's game against the Bears did the the Lions were playing offensively a game plan that would eat up a lot of clock eat up a lot of possession time defensively just string out possessions as well and hope that you know getting the Rams into some third down situations because they were so good against the run um, would eventually lead to some punts and it led to a lot of punts and you know I think 
I think as much as we're we're downplaying the the Rams and how good they are, I think holding that team to, to 16 points through three and a half quarters is a major accomplishment for this defense. So they got themselves into a position where, you know, you get towards the end of the game, it's it's a close game. And like Ryan says, it's just a matter of making plays from there. And and the Lions made no plays in the final stretch of, of the game. They they defensively they they let up a couple big runs from Todd Gurley and then offensively the, the Matthew Stafford fumble is was the game changer. I mean, there's no other way to put it. The the Lions again, just like last week when they had the ball at their at the their own forty one yard line with a chance to take the lead, and then Stafford throws a pick six, the Lions have the ball with about 10 somewhere between five and 10 minutes left in the game with a chance to either tie or go up in the game. He fumbles the ball on, on a play where he should have just taken a sack and, you know, gives the the Rams short field, which is a team that you absolutely can't give short field to. And, and, and they score a touchdown and suddenly a possession that could have resulted in the Lions lead instead results in, in the Rams having a, a, a two possession lead. And, and that's, I mean, that's all the, that's all you wrote. That's all she wrote. A two possession lead for the Rams with with seven minutes left is is a done deal. You mentioned performance, and this is something we want to talk about too, about the Lions' performance over the past three games. Because I feel like even with that Carolina win in there, this is kind of this game played out exactly what's indicative of the team right now. Would you agree or disagree on that? Well, a, a little bit. I mean, to me, and and maybe it's just you know a fan that watched his team lost, lose five of their last six games, grasping at straws of optimism. But I think they've played pretty well in these past three weeks, or at least they've developed a game plan that, that gets them in games when they know they have inferior talent, um, when they know they're outmatched by a team like Carolina or the Bears or, or the Rams. Um, they know they're going to have to play a conservative kind of style. Um, and, and their defense, I mean, I think you have to give credit to this defense and how it's turned around lately. They, they only give up 19 against the Panthers. They only give up 23 against the Bears. Granted, that's a backup quarterback, but seven of those are also from a big six. So really, they only gave up 16 points to the Bears. And then you hold the Rams offense to only 17 points through the majority of the game. I, th- I think you have to give at least a little bit of credit to, to what Patricia has done to this defense. Um, we talked all season how it was going to be a slow process with the defense. And, and I don't Maybe it's fool's gold. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I do think we've seen some significant improvement on the defense, um, especially considering that the talent is lacking. And, and granted, getting Damon Harrison is a huge part of that. Absolutely monstrous part of this. Uh, Consider, this but but I mean, like, th- th- that's the thing, like, and that's the one thing I'm always in reserve about. Yeah, it sounds great this year that they're do- doing some good things with what they have right now, but they're going to lose more talent on this defense than they're going to gain. I feel like come the next season. And that's what they're playing for at this point right now. Like I did, I mean, maybe, I don't know, like, cause I see them about ready to lose Ezekiel Ansa, and I don't know what happens with, you know, Jared David from Jared Davis from here on out, who knows if he keeps going up or down or whatever the hell. Like I, I think a lot of fans, like some fans probably see that optimism you're talking about, but some, are also like I I don't know how I, yeah here's the thing I, I know where I I'm think, going with the question I'm trying to ask you but yeah, I think the ahead. defensive turnaround in terms of personnel is not going to be anywhere close to where it was this off season this off season they threw everything out the window especially on the defensive front um, even in the linebacking core threw everything away they're like we need people that fit the system now they have some of those pieces they have Deshaun Hand they have Ashawn Robinson who who clearly has improved this year from where he started um, the year on the bench and from where he ended last year. 
Um, they have, I think, I think Jared Davis is still very much considered a, a future part of this defense, even though he's not playing particularly well right now. Andre Diggs was signed to extension. He's going to be a part of the defense. And then Damon Harrison. So like the, the pieces that they're going to lose are the pieces that are hurting them anyways. The secondary is going to get overhauled because the secondary is horrible. The only guy that's... Ezekiel Lance is hurting them? Yeah. I mean, okay. he's not helping them. I mean, yeah, he's no, eating I up just, a bunch of cap space and, yeah. and they've basically played without him the entire time. He, he's played well in spurts, but he didn't play particularly well last week. So I, I don't know. I, I just, I think there, there's certainly going to be some turnaround, but I think the fact that, that Matt Patricia is making the most out of some of these defensive line positions where I don't think necessarily the skill matches their performance um, has got me at least a little promised heading into 2019. What do you think on this, Ryan? Um, just in terms of like a general sense of optimism? Yeah. It's going to depend a lot on some of the things that happen in the off season. <clears throat> and it, it's just, I, I feel like we're too far out to like prognosticate. I know like we're, we're like teasing that we're going to get into draft season. A lot of the things that we've kind of pushed out from Friday Detroit recently is talking about, you know, where the lions can, can end up in terms of draft position. Like right now they're, they're sitting there with a top five pick. Um, they have quite a few picks. They have cap space. You know, th- there's seemingly so many moving parts that the dominoes almost are seemingly going to fall. Like, you know, we mentioned names like Lang and, and Ezekiel Ansa and maybe even Theo Riddick. And then there's even more names to consider. But, like, there's just too much to prognosticate, I think, at this point of the well, season. I mean, we're still yeah. – I mean, like, it was – I mean, that, it was literally week 13. I mean, we, we still have so much, like – actual football left to happen we have we have potentially and i think this is what maybe everybody is maybe watching now at this point in the season but we're, we're seeing how some of these younger guys are performing and and seeing maybe potentially where the lions at least have depth or maybe they have contributors or you know where they need to turn to to have immediate impact players fill in on this team i don't know if we have too much more football to play we've got four more games to play but That's a lot of football though that's like a quarter <laughs> of a season <laughs> I guess, man, but it's only four. Um, I guess, I guess for me, when it comes down to it too, it's like, I don't know. Cause I also see a lot of people tuning out too, when it comes to the lions and like, whatever that optimism is, I don't think a lot of, I, I'm not sure how many people are really buying into that because, and this is where I have to kind of double back to this game because I, I think whatever bits of optimism you're getting from the defense you're getting a sinking feeling on the other side of the ball that it's just not going in the right direction that kind of dovetails into my next question um i want to ask here if i mean yeah yeah. there's no question i mean there's about both things you just said there's no question that lions fans aren't feeling in the mood for any optimism and uh, it's understandable the team's four and eight and lost five of their last six um that doesn't mean it's not there um but but you're also right that the offensive performance in the past three, four, five weeks, basically ever since they traded Golden Tate, and I'm not saying that's the reason why, but um, the offense has been horrible. It, it's been hard to watch. It's been boring, and part of that is by design, no doubt. But it, it's, yeah, it's the philosophy of it. Yeah, and and I get it when when your number two receiver is TJ Jones, and TJ Jones doesn't make an official catch until two minutes left in the game. Yeah, that's a bad situation. And when you're making Levine Toilolo the, the the centerpiece of your offensive game plan, things have gotten pretty desperate. Um, but well, it's not even that. But it's it's the play calling of it, right? 
Well, that certainly has something yeah. to do with it too. And if that's the transition you want to make into, into some coaching talk, I'm, I'm down yeah. to start that. Okay. Did you want, did you have something else there? I kind of jumped in a little early. No, no, let's get, okay. let's get into okay. it. Okay. Dave putting out a piece today, um, Monday. I keep forgetting this is a podcast. It is delayed, but uh, about Patricia defending the conservative offensive play calling. And as some fans will have noticed during that game, there were sequences late in the game where it looks like the lions were burning the clock while they were down a score too. <laughs> like there's even, even the lions were not playing with a lot of urgency out there. They were going out there. And when they needed to get some scores, they were still trying to do what's our favorite phrase for your folks. What is it? They were trying to establish the run. run. They were trying to establish the run down. I don't know how many (laughs) points like they, they really could not seem to not put the ball in the Garrett Blunt's hand and they would get into third down situations where they had to pass Matthew Stafford. And what does the Rams what did the Ram, what does the Rams defense do in that situation? They dial up blitzes and come at him like a missile. So the and here's what I want to get into the coaching thing because we've we've talked about the coaching enough and we've talked about I feel like Jim Bob Cooter enough. But I don't think Jim Bob Cooter I, I think a lot of people are are of the mind that you fire Jim Bob Cooter and you're going to somehow transform back into what this offense was in 2016. I don't see that because I think some of this does have to go back to Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia does see, like, I don't think Jim Bob Cooter is the one coming out here saying, okay, let's run two LeGarrette Blunt rushes up the middle and then have Matt Stafford pass on third and seven. Some of that I think comes from a little higher above him because that's not who Jim Bob Cooter's has been as an offensive play caller. Am I wrong? Ryan, Jeremy, am I wrong on this? I, I don't, it, I mean, I don't think I watch football, but it's it's hard to really know, and it's it's definitely a, a question worth asking because you know at the beginning of the year, Matt Patricia says, you know, I'm not just going to be a defensive coach. I'm my hands are going to be all over. I'm going to be part of the offense. I'm going to be part of the defense. I'm going to be part of the special teams. And it, when when it comes to designing the 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 play, you know, the blueprint for what you're going to do every week there's absolutely no doubt that Matt Patricia is part of that. Is is in there developing developing game plans, probably deciding, yeah, we're going to want to establish the run against the Rams. Yes, we're going to want to do short passes because they've got a pretty good secondary. We don't have great wide receivers. They have an incredible defensive line that's not going to give Matthew Stafford the time to throw deep. But the question then becomes is when it comes to specific play calling, who is in charge? And we know that Jim Bob Cooter is calling the plays, but the philosophy of, of hurrying up at the end of the half where they didn't do that very much. And the, the way, the way that both halves ended was very frustrating as from a fan point. And, and I don't know, I don't know who to blame, but when you see the team going out there with a chance to, to tie the game before the end of the half, they run two plays trying to catch them off, off track with a, with a draw play doesn't work. Then you're punting back to the Rams. Suddenly it's a two-score lead as you go into half instead of a potential tie game. And then at the end of the the game, as you were kind of alluding to, lines down 10 points with seven minutes or left. They're running the ball like crazy. They're huddling up instead of going no huddle. Matt Trisha comes out today, says, you know, um, the reason we did that was because, you know, that way we could kind of stick with our our 
kind of unpredictable play calls. We we don't have to, you know, be urgent and and desperate and and just throw 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 where you know teams can kind of tee off on our quarterback there. Um, instead, we can have a more balanced game plan. I get that, but but this is the Rams we're talking about. By doing that, the the Lions basically said, "Okay, we're going to only have one opportunity to stop this Rams offense." If they were to hurry, and as we've seen Matthew Stafford in the past, he's so good at these up tempo situations, throwing the ball a ton, um, you know, finding his receivers. And granted, we're talking about a whole different personnel now. I just don't see why Matt Patricia would support this sort of game plan, whether he was behind it or not. So ultimately, yes, Matt Patricia deserves part of this blame. I do think we can't let Jim Bob Cooter off the hook, but I'm also not of the ilk of saying, get rid of Jim Bob Cooter. Whoever's going to come in is going to be so much better. We're going to see Matthew Stafford of old. Everything's going to be great. I do think, to your point, Matt Patricia is is somewhat culpable in, in the Lions offense being not so great as of late. Anything to add, Ryan? No, let's get out of here. All right. Well, I, since you haven't talked much, I'm going to make you talk on one more thing. You've got one minute before we go to a break. We're doing longer segments on this one, uh, changing our format a bit behind the scenes. Uh, one last question for you, um, and that's about Indama Kinsu. Obviously, throwing shade at the Lions organization coming up to this game and uh, having himself a pretty decent game, all things said and done emotions or thoughts about Sue playing against him? Um, it, all right. So this sounds wild, right? Because we all spent time with the Dominican Sue. We all, we all laid witness to, or I shouldn't say all of us because there were quite a few of us who wondered why he couldn't reach the same sack total that he did when he was a rookie. Um, but for those of us who understand the type of impact that Sue had on the Lions defense while he was here, we knew that he was a elite transcendent player, especially at the position that he played along the interior defensive line. What I found absolutely shocking on Sunday was that he was completely overshadowed by Aaron Donald. Like Nadamakan Sue was there and like, I saw him and he made some plays and he made some tackles and he was obviously a player that was out there because you you don't just cover up like an elite player like that. But watching Aaron Donald play and seeing the type of impact he had on the game, I'm 100% sold on this idea. Aaron Donald should be the MVP of the National Football League. No, I'm with there. I, I might be there with you, or at least the defensive player of the year for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, no question about without, that. He's with, deep. Without, a, without a shadow of a doubt, he's the defensive player of the year. I'm leading the charge for the Aaron Donald for NFL MVP for a couple of reasons. One, I don't like the crappy argument of, well, what if I like replace um, a replacement level player at Aaron Donald's position versus a replacement level player at No, no, no. Like, Aaron Aaron like, changes the field. Holy shit. Like for for the New Orleans Saints, like what if I put it in a replacement level quarter? You know what? the Saints would figure it out and they'd scheme around it and they have other skill position players who are there as well. Yeah, I can't, like, I I mean, can't buy a quarterback this year. I just can't. I, I do, like, I don't want to because there are so many quarterbacks and I know that might be like, that might be how it kind of is like almost like season to season. But like mm-hmm. this year, it's like, how are you going to tell me that like Drew Brees is more valuable than Patrick Mahomes? Like, 
how are you going to tell me that, you know, he's even more valuable than somebody like Philip Rivers, who's having an incredible year, all things considered? Like, I don't know. Like, I watching Aaron Donald yesterday, I was like, you know what? This defense would not be the defense that it is without a guy who had two sacks, two hits, three hurries. Like, I mean, if five, five stops. For loss. He, 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 he literally teleported around Frank Ragnow. He, like, <laughs> he, broke my he broke one, Frank Ragnow's PFF grade. Yeah. They made Frank them Ragnow's PFF grade. <laughs> Frank Ragnow's PFF grade for pass blocking was 2.0. 2.0. It's out of 100. <laughs> but okay, Brad. Brad. I, I, know, I know we don't want to turn this into a is Aaron Donald the MVP conversation because it's a trend line podcast. Yeah. But I mean, it sounds the, like one we should have. Aaron Donald is so much better at his position than anyone else at his position. And if if that's what you're basing an MVP vote on, then yes, it makes sense. But we're talking about value to a team, and I don't even think oh he's God. the most valuable player on the Rams team. What do, we, what do we talk about when we talk about this Rams team? We talk about their offense, not their defense. So Jared know, Goff, Goff didn't look that valuable player. up there. He didn't look that valuable up there that day. Um, I mostly just brought up Sue because, again, like, I mean, he is 30. He's going to be 32 in January as the, Lion, as the Rams move into the playoffs. I almost said Lions. And, yeah, this, this Rams front defensive line looks like the ghosts of what could, be, what could have been for the Detroit Lions, but I just find it fascinating. Again, Sue's Sue's going to be 32 by the time the Rams start the playoffs. He's kind of, he's on the tail end of his career. And I just thought it funny to see him coming back here and some of the things he said, that's all. But yeah, yeah, yeah. no, definitely, definitely it's, it's, he's there and the inheritor to whatever his legacy was is playing right there alongside him. It's scary. I mean, a, a lot of people thought it was going to be thermonuclear, but at the same time, like, man, Aaron Donald is just, he's a dude. He is What's that been, dude. What, what is the college football coach, Chris? Oh, Steve Adazio, Boston College. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Guys being dudes. All right. And Aaron over, Donald is a dude. He is a complete dude. He is the dude. Let's take a quick break. We're, we're overdue for our break, even on the longer segment. So. We will be right back. When we come back, we're going to be talking more about the rest of the NFL, a little bit more Lions on where we go from here. And uh, one bit of NFC news update that uh, at least we can take a little bit of schadenfreude in. Or maybe a disappointment that he wasn't there longer. We're talking about the big cheese up in Cheeseland having been uh, snuffed out. Getting the fungus thrown off him. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Two more notes from this game. Uh, I feel like, I, I don't know, that, that felt like a weird segment. Did that feel like a weird segment to you guys? Because it felt like we were talking kind of big picture, but then a lot of emotion. This is what we get when we record on Monday. A lot of our emotion has drained out from that game. It's not raw and like crazy in our face. We get a few minutes to like breathe and decompress. Yeah, I mean... I think if we if we had recorded last night, we'd probably be talking more about Stafford and big picture him and whether it's time to move on and all that garbage stuff. Yeah, that we've we already got, rehashed too much. But 
Yeah, I mean, all I'll say on that front is go read Mansur Shaheen's post on the on prideofdetroit.com. Matthew Stafford is the Detroit Lions. He's not telling you whether or not we should move on from the Stafford. He's not telling you that the Lions should keep Stafford or trade him or anything like that. He's just simply reading the writing on the wall there. And I thought it was all very good. It, it is a really good article. I suggest if you're having a really, really good day, that's a great way to ruin it. Though. It's a, it's a column. It's an, it's an opinion column. It's, it's, it's his so opinion. depressing though. It, it's yeah. all very it's true. And very, very well poignant, backed but it, up opinion. It's a very well backed up opinion. It's just, it's just sad. It's, it's a healthy dose of realism. It's what you got to take sometimes. Uh, two more things from this game that we didn't even get into two nuggets of I think well one nugget of pure uh pure adular adulated joy, which I'm going to say for second. First off, I want to talk, I want to say happy trails to uh Bruce Ellington's attempt to pass the ball <laughs> in Jeremy's favorite move in the NFL. Well, okay, I, I'm pretty sure that was a design pass. I haven't gone and watched the replay, but too often wide receivers just eat the ball there and take a, a 10 yard loss. You throw that ball away. You get it to the sticks. You throw it away. You save yourself 10 yards. That, that was a very good play, I think, from Bruce Ellington okay. on, a, on a dead play. Okay, losing a down is a good play. Losing a down Harry. or losing a down in 10 yards? Which one would you take? Losing a down. Losing a down. Correct. Losing a down is bad in any scenario. Now the, uh, now, the one of joy is Taylor Decker's first career touchdown catch. Career as in career of entire football career, not just NFL career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe he caught some in, in high school. We'll never nope, know. Nope, we, we do know. He told the media he has been playing since second grade and has never scored a touchdown as an offensive lineman. Wow. That, wow. What, wait, wait. Just as an offensive lineman, what about what, 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 when well, he, he was playing Pop he's, Warner? He's only played as an offensive lineman and has never really? scored a touchdown. Really? He's been that big of a boy that long, huh? Yes, sir. <sighs> well, that was, he, he, I mean, he got the ball back. He got the ball back too. Like he, he threw it to the crowd and someone managed to get it back to him. Yeah. He's either getting it back or he's gotten it back at this point. But yeah, it, I mean, uh, not to bring it back to Mansoor again, but in one of the, one of the three things that he learned from this game was that, and I, I thought he put it very nicely. Jim Bob Cooter can design a really good play, but he can't call a really good game. And that, that was just a, a poignant reminder. It's very much like, did the trick two point conversion play last year that turned into the, the Philly special or whatever. Um, just a really smart play. They had been calling, you know, so-and-so is, is eligible for this play. They've been doing that all game. So they were setting it up the entire game and, and they pulled off a really smart play in a really good time. And it, it, it brought the lines even closer to a win in, in this game. And, it was just a fun moment because <laughs> earlier in it's the day, a fun I, moment, he says talking about if it could have gotten the Lions the win. I don't care about that. Taylor Decker caught a touchdown. Yeah, it was fun. It was, this game was actually fun to watch. And I was not expecting that. I thought the only joy I would get was just jealousy watching the Rams offense. Instead, we got a fun game. And I was, I was saying earlier in the day, Akeem Hicks scored a touchdown for the bears. And I was just like, man, why can't the Lions be that fun? And then 30 minutes later, they pull off this play. I'm like, all right, never tweet. All right, well, you got us straight into the NFC North. Ryan, what kind of a day did the NFC North have on Sunday? Very carefully. Oh, that's not wait, how you that right? That's No, that's not try how again. you use it. Good, good, good try, though. Good set, him up, set him up again. Let's see if you can nail it again. How did the NFC North perform on Sunday? Bad. 
You could have said very carefully there too. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I think I don't know anymore. Like now, now you've got me shook. Okay. Well, did, did everyone lose? No, everyone I think lost. Everyone, everyone lost. lost. Everyone uh, lost. Everyone lost. The yeah, Lions are just trying to the playoffs. Okay. All right. So yeah. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was just trying to play some POD cast bingo there by saying very carefully. Um just yep. to just to be transparent. However, yeah, no, I mean everybody in the NFC North had a really no good, bad, awful day. The Packers lost to the Arizona Cardinals at home. Ugh. On a Mason Crosby Rough. missed field goal. Yeah, where have we seen that before? We completely forgot to talk about Audible Dong showing up again against the Rams. <laughs> does it count yeah. when it's on a field or when it's on a kickoff? Doesn't nope, it does count because I heard it. <laughs> it was an audible fair. dong. Because it made an audible dong. All right. That's a fair point. <laughs> yeah. He was just up there in those rafters at that moment. <laughs> uh yeah, oh, so dog. you have yeah, you have the you have the Packers losing to the Cardinals while the Packers are at Lambeau. You have the Bears going in and laying a turd in the Meadowlands, and then I mean the, the Vikings, Vikings getting crushed Vikings, by the Patriots. Yeah. yeah, the Patriots made short work of them. Tom Brady got his thousandth rushing yard, and then he made an awful post about it on Instagram. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and all that, and like... the Lions still got eliminated from NFC from North contention. Uh, well, I can't. Yeah. And everyone except for the Packers lost with the firing of your of the big cheese himself, Mike McCarthy. Mm, yeah. Well, the thing about Mike McCarthy is that Aaron Rodgers came out and said, well, I hadn't, you know, this season I'd spoke to Mike McCarthy. We had more sit down meetings than we ever had before. Uh, does that mean your relationship is good? I mean, like if you have if you have sit downs with your boss, every day at work like that doesn't necessarily mean that your relationship that, is good. that's not a good relation going on there no no that's trouble and i mean there's been articles out there too about just the frustration with play calling and everything else and i, I didn't think it would happen finally snapped finally happened mccarthy is out and people have been really grinding the 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 the, the old mill to try to lay some lay some uh cover for him and talk about once again that he's somehow a good uh coach and i just can't buy that at all and bringing this back to the lions for a second here uh no screw off everyone trying to say we should get mike mccarthy as an offensive coordinator just screw off entirely just just out of here completely yeah i mean it's it's hard because it's hard to judge a head coach because your temptation is to go by overall record um you know championships won division titles won and if that's the case, Mike McCarthy has been an amazing coach. But he's also but, but the benefit of having two Pro Bowl quarterback or two uh Hall of Fame quarterbacks, I should say, uh, for his entire coaching career. And And he's done jack all with them. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, he's essentially soured his relationship with Aaron Rodgers to a point where they have to meet every week and you know, the reports out there that Aaron Rodgers was rolling his eyes at his play calling at times. And it's clear that was just a very toxic relationship. And and the Packers are now saying that they're during their next coaching search, Aaron Rodgers is not going to be a part of it. Same kind of thing that the line said with, with Matthew Stafford. I don't know if that's true or not, but you have to wonder if this, this is an end of an era for the Packers because I mean, it quite literally is with McCarthy. He's been around for 
what, 16, 17 years or so. Um, not that long, 14, whatever. Uh, either way, you know, Aaron Rodgers is 35 now. So you yeah, have to is- think at, at some point they're going to be grooming a young quarterback. And I, I'm not here saying Aaron Rodgers is done. He certainly isn't playing as well as he, he has in the past. And much like Matthew Stafford, he's having a, a, a weird down year this late in his career that that's kind of unacceptable by their own standards. But I mean, they're, they're clearly the, the third best team in the division right now. And we haven't really been able to say that in, in a very, very, very long time. And they, they don't have any excuses here. They don't have the Aaron Rodgers was hurt, even though he was a little bit hurt at the beginning of the year. They don't have, you know, a, a, a ton of injuries on the offensive line or anything. This team was just bad this year. And, yeah, and that's a, a tough pill roster. for the Packers they're going to have to swallow. They have a bet, but they've, that's the thing too. They've always had a bad roster too. And yet somehow I don't know. I don't know if it's the coaching or if it's just Aaron Rodgers, but they've been able to, to battle through it, but their roster has never been good. And yeah, this is what happens when Rodgers has anything less than a completely MVP caliber year. This is what they are. And it's kind of breathtaking. They are, they are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. No, I, I mean, what if they get, what if I, I, I hate to throw the juju in here, but what if they get Tua in two years? No. Tua Tavagaloa. Overrated. Uh, Overrated. I I, I'm almost yeah. there with Jeremy, actually. Like, Show me an Alabama quarterback that's been great in the, in the well, NFL. I think, I think Nick Saban's Alabama right now has the same problem that USC used to have. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, they have a bunch of really good wide receivers, but then everyone thinks that that means the quarterbacks are good. And then the quarterbacks get to the NFL, and guess what? They're trash. Uh, it's week 13 of the 2018 season. We're talking about a mock draft for 2020. No, I'm, just, I'm talking about the terror of them doing with the next quarterback what they did with Aaron Rodgers coming in when they had Brett Favre and continuing this dynasty. That's my terror right so, now. The dynasty is That's, over. Wait, so so your terror is literally just what we've all been already living for the past twenty some odd years of our lives. I, I'm, like, I, my terror is this is this nightmare continuing. Yeah, I mean, whatever. If it does, it does. I don't think it will, though. I don't know. Green Bay's due for a they're due for a downer eventually. Here, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is even close to being done. I mean, no, he's I got at least playing. he's got at least like three, four but they years are, left in them, I think. But they are going to do that thing where they're going to draft his replacement, though, and we are going to start to see some weirdness like we saw with Brett Favre when Aaron Rodgers was there on, on, on the bench. Yeah, I mean, totally possible, but I don't know. I don't even want to think about... What, why are we talking about the Packers maybe getting good again? Like, can we just enjoy them Something being down for now? Okay, right? well, here, here's some enjoyment. Guess who is their their interim head coach right now is the man that was just awful in Philadelphia. Joe Philbin. Awful in Miami. What I said I said Philadelphia. Yes, I meant Joe I meant Miami. I'm, my yeah. brain is short-circuited. And it's depending terrible. on who you ask apparently he's a friend of the general manager and, and some of the front office people who made this decision, so it's some good old nepotism going on here. Man, I would love if Joe Philbin is the Packers head coach next season, but you guys ready for my hot take? What's that? Uh-oh. The Packers head coach for the 2019 season, Nick Saban. Oh, God. not going to happen. <laughs> Out of here. You kidding me, man? 
<laughs> he's going to take one look at that weather in Lambeau and it's like, no. Not kidding you. He won't be able to like get control over Aaron over over Aaron Rodgers, and he'll be like, "No, that man is a little pushian dictator. He's not going to go anywhere where we can't have total control over what everyone is doing at any moment in the day." If there if there was a team he could try to do that in the NFL, who do you think it could be? You think, but like this isn't this isn't the sixties. He can't just go in there and be Vince Lombardi talking about making men out of boys. It's not that. What the what the hell's even, going on over here? He can't even own the team. The The fans own the team. Yeah, yeah the exactly. fa- like the people he hates the most. No, that's wrong. That's the press. He yeah, hates them. Say, no, no, no. Yeah, he hates them too. He hates well, you them more. What? You know what? At least, you know what? I, I think there is some merit to this actually, Ryan, Ooh, because no, no, no. Because if he goes to Green Bay, he will never be asked who his starting quarterback is. Never, ever would he ever have to answer that question. <laughs> At least not for like three, four years. I'm just saying, hopefully we can turn back the time to this podcast. And if I called it on December 3rd at quarter after eight, I don't know. I'm going to buy a lottery ticket. We will be playing air horns and <laughs> whatever kind of music you want here. Just whatever. You I want. will eat a dozen mozzarella sticks on Facebook live. If that yeah, happens, you don't want to do another mozzarella stick. Better. I won't have to, cause this is ludicrous. Nope. You know what? Well, I'm, I'm going to play some ludicrous to, then. I, I want you to drink a, I want you to drink a quart of, uh, of soy milk. And then afterwards <laughs> I want you to rub your belly and say, I'm a good soy boy. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. This is totally happening. We've put not the, agree to those terms. We have put the bad juju into this podcast here. We've put the bad juju into this just as we have putting it into Toto by Africa by Toto. Somehow, like, let's bring it back to the Lions here. Like, the greatest victory of Sunday. Africa Comeback. by Toto. Comeback victory. They threw Bohemian Rhapsody up there. Bohemian Rhapsody, the anthem of, like, every mediocre suburbanite in existence out there. The one thing that everyone likes to sing. They threw that up there, and Africa beat it. Listen, I'm I'm not going to throw shade at Queen because I like Queen a lot. That that song is obviously a little bit overhyped, but a little. You, you, you a don't little. come at you don't come at the king and miss like that. All right, I know I just butchered that wire quote, but saying, I don't care. I'm just saying they threw the big guns at us, and we kept blessing those reins. Damn straight. Don't ever try that again, Lions. Just, just accept it, man. People keep saying it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Guess what? They play Sweet Caroline in Boston. What does Sweet Caroline have to do with the Red Sox? What does it have to do with Boston? Nothing. It just happened one day, and people were people went with it. Just let it the, go. Let it be a thing. There's one more home game left, and if the minute that ball isn't kicked, I don't see all of you people on my timeline adding the Lions song one. You're all banned. Oh, they're going to change his position. They're going to change his position now to try to stop you. Nope. I dare you. I dare you. We, we're going to make this happen. We're going to make this happen. If I have to explain this and finally let people in on why we play Africa, which I don't even think we know ourselves why we have attached ourselves to this this rock anthem. Oh, it's great. Fine. The end. The, the dog. The, the, vine, the dog. Yeah, I pinned it. I pinned it to my profile. Maybe people will stop asking me why it's Toto. It's Africa. That's too Maybe. simplistic. That's too simplistic. The song is just amazing. There, I mean, that's you. the that, that is the seed that began it. But explaining the roots of how it 
went from that to we must play Africa, I can't help you. Like, it's, it's too complex at this point. You just have to let it happen. Not everything needs to be Detroit Rock City or one line from Don't Stop Believing, even though it's immediately followed up about Born and Raised in South Detroit, even though it's immediately followed up with that boy leaving, South, leaving Detroit. Taking a midnight, midnight train, train getting anywhere the fuck away from <laughs> South Detroit. Exactly. And that's our anthem at Red Wings games? Come on. Come on, man. Go back to Lit. My own worst enemy. Or maybe that should be the Lions theme. I don't even uh, <laughs> what 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 was this curve what what had, what what just happened? My own what worst enemy. That's a great at, at Red Wings games. The they used to, or maybe they still do play "My Own Worst Enemy," and the entire crowd sings like the entire song. I don't know if they still do it because I haven't been to a Red Wings no, game in forever. No, like there's there's they too do. many pitfalls we can get into, and if we if we back down from Africa by Toto, before you know it, we're going to be singing Mr. Brightside. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! What do we have against Mr. Brightside? Only that it is everywhere. That's it. It's not okay. unique to us. That's it's it. like Seven Nation Army. Yeah, not Mr. not as not as bad. I mean, I mean, Mr. Brightside has more redeemable value than Seven Nation Army did at its peak, but still, it is everywhere. It is everywhere. But the other day on Twitter, I saw I saw somebody who put the put the lyrics to. Santa Claus is coming to town. I retweeted that. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Brightside tune. Yeah. Yeah, that that it's it's in my head <laughs> now and I can't get rid of it. I can't get rid of it. So in conclusion, the Packers suck and they're never going to be good again. And Toto and Nick, Saban, and Nick Saban will be their head coach. <laughs> no, but like I, I I don't know. Maybe this is going into themes about the Lions, about overreactions, but I feel like everyone was overreacting to everything because like yeah, everyone who was good or kind of good or whatever, like the Steelers lost on a last second field goal to the LA chargers where the Steelers like rushed offsides three times in a row. And I mean, okay. The Patriots won the Texans won the Texans who have not lost now since October. Even earlier than that, I think, right? They, yeah, they they, lost, they went zero and three, and now they're what, yeah, yeah, nine they're, and three. Yeah, they they went zero and three. They lost the Giants, and they have not lost since. And they have the Colts, Jets, Eagles, Jags. They could finish the. They could do that thing that Lions fans think is always going to happen. They could run, run the, the table. table. They could We're run the it. table. Like honest to God, like the Colts lost last yesterday too in agonizing <laughs> fashion. That's a I. That's my favorite. Uh, outcome of Sunday because last week we were talking about Andrew Luck MVP candidate how this Colts team has turned everything around <laughs> and they put up a zero against the Jags no touchdowns by either team Andrew six Luck, zero your final score Andrew in Luck Jacksonville like sixty times and gets like two hundred and twenty yards like three point something <laughs> yards per attempt and if you're and if you're one of these people who have been waiting to see Eric Ebron trip up or something this might have been your game man. And as we're saying, a this Golden State is doing the, the worm right now. What? I said, as, we, as we're as we saying, this Golden State is doing the worm right now in the end zone. Oh, Monday Night Football. Yeah, he oh. just scored a touchdown. Oh, damn. Damn. Well, th- thank you. Thank you. Not a, live, not a live format. This is being recorded for people for Tuesday morning. Still worth have it. We killed enough, have we killed enough time here? 
I don't think so. Can I do another head coaching candidate for the Green Bay Packers? Why, sure. why not? Why not? Josh McDaniels. <laughs> are, are you just, are you trolling? No, that you're one, that one I could see, you know what? No, I, there's I, no chance he ever leaves New England until he becomes a I know, coach. I know, but I'm saying like, I don't want to see that happen because he needs to be the one to drive the Patriots into the ground. He needs to take the sword from Bill Belichick and immediately fumble it. I agree. Check I'll... this out. Here, 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 here is the my bookie odds for the next Green Bay oh, Packers head coach. God. Now that we're no longer sponsored by them, yeah, perfect. Thanks, thanks, Vox um, Media. <laughs> okay, oh. all right, full heel turn. Uh, Josh McDaniel plus six hundred. Pat okay. Fitzgerald plus six hundred. John okay. Harbaugh plus twelve hundred. Who are the Jim idiots Harbaugh. betting on these people? Hold on, hold on. I want to hear the Jim Harbaugh one. Of course there was a Jim, Jim Harbaugh. I knew it was coming. Jim Harbaugh plus 1,400. David Shaw plus 1,600. Where's, uh, where's or you, Jeff? Or you, I was going to say, or you can take the field for minus 300. I'm going to take the field. It's going to be Jeff yes. Fisher. It's going to be Saban. It's going to be Jeff Fisher. Jeff, Jeff Fisher. The picture's out there already of him in a in a Green Bay quarter zip. Why would that? Why would Twitter lie to me? All pictures are exactly as as they look. They got. Did you see that? Got an offensive weapon in in Aaron Rodgers. Now they just need some defensive coaching. Who better than Mister Seven and Nine himself? Dude, not even that. But did you see? You know what? They already announced a head coach. Fox Six in Milwaukee. They put up a graphic of uh, Aaron Rodgers during his press conference, and it says Aaron Rodgers, Packers head coach. <laughs> Very forward-thinking to bring back the the player coach. It's about time it came back. I thought it would come back first in in baseball, but you know what? Football beats them to it. God, they don't like baseball. You don't need a coach. You know, with 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 Aaron Rodgers as the head coach, there is one thing you don't have to worry about anymore: nepotism. He hates his family. He hates everyone. That's why I've kind of almost come a little bit around and started to endear myself a little bit with Aaron Rodgers. Kind of embodies me, just the sheer hatred of everyone around, of every person in the state of Wisconsin. Let's get to the mailbag. We've, we've <laughs> veered so far off course, and I'm just looking at the timer here. We've done it. We've done it. I know we haven't talked a lot of Lions. I'm sorry, but we have a lot of Lions questions in this mailbag. We will do some of those, and I mean, we've we I think we've covered this game as best we can right now, and the NFL. Like, yeah, we we we've sat around wondering who the next head coach of the Green Bay Packers is going to be. Welcome to the POD cast. We will and be now right we back. Know who, who won't be? Who won't be? Who won't be the Packers head coach? It's everyone that everyone that has been listed in this segment. You're going to be Nick Saban. You're going to have to drink a lot of soy milk. That's, I didn't agree to that. Yeah, you did. Podcast dare. If you edit it to make it sound like I did, I swear to God. I don't God. need to. It's the POD cast dare. You've done it. You, you, <laughs> even, just, just, by, just by alluding to it, it's, it's nope. become a thing. You alluded to it. I didn't. I didn't make up the soy milk thing. We'll be right back. Mailbag. We got to get to it. Neither did I. I don't know how it happened. Mail time. Mail time. 
the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD. As always, get your questions in for what I think has been a very entertaining POD cast. I'm not trying to jerk myself off here. Just I think this has been one of our more lucid podcasts we've had because this is where we go when the Lions are bad. Would you like more analysis of of what they do on third down? Just get into the question. Uh, Stop antagonizing our fan base. I'm not antagonizing the people anybody. What they want. We are. Let's just get into it. I'm not antagonizing mm-hmm. nobody. Am I antagonizing people, Ryan? I don't know. That was a double negative. What was the... Okay, never mind. Um, first question from Greg G. We were just talking about Africa. What about replacing Africa with a 97.1 Stafford um song? <laughs> What is that? What what are you doing right there? Why are you why are you we're ha- we're having a nice podcast and all of a sudden you do that and my phone is not silenced. I need to silence it. What what was that? That was me taking my finger and bouncing it between my lips because yeah, but what why? stupid what a stupid idea that is. No <laughs> one Stafford here. the Stafford um theme song, I've heard it. It's lame, it's stupid, what? it's childish. Wait, 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 wait. You know whatever this thing is referring to? You have yes, listened to 97.1? Yeah, I've heard it. Oh, come on. You know I have. I check in on them every once in a while just to remind myself like how much better it is to listen to the podcast or how much better it is to stare at a white wolf. I'm not mad. Do you want me to explain to you what it is? No, I, I, I do. No, I do. I do. I want to know because like, I mean, uh, and right, then I'm I have to grab a You guys subscribe let's, it. Let's, let's do I'm it. I'm literally going to grab a beer. 20 seconds, man. 20 seconds. So what 97.1 did is they took Matthew Stafford press conferences. They extracted every time he says, um, and they turned it into a theme song. It oh, lacks, sorry, it lacks, I was going to say it lacks creativity. <laughs> And well, uh, it's exactly what I thought it was. Okay, yeah, but like has no I, value. Okay, right. but like here's, here's the question. Here's the main question I have, and then we move on to the next question. Question for our readers: Why should we adopt something that isn't ours? Africa is ours. Why should we adopt something that another media company is doing? Especially one like ninety-seven point one. Sounds like they want to listen to ninety-seven point one. Yeah, if that's your thing, go listen to them. They're big. They don't need the traffic. LKP, who gets cut with years left on their deals? And he offers us TJ Lang. Yes. Glover Quinn. Yep. Yes. Tavon Wilson. Yes. Probably. Christian Mm. Jones. No. Maybe. Kenny Wiggins. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't even talk about Kenny Wiggins throwing a block against uh garrett blunt please god show mercy last one here uh nevin lawson yeah he gone i mean there are other there are other out there too like theo riddick could be a cap casualty this upcoming off season so could sam martin everyone's a cap casualty i don't think sam martin will be even though i think it saves him like four or five million but theo riddick is certainly a possibility i'd be I'm, i'm curious as to what they plan on doing with him 
Okay, one more game here, and I'm going to take this one from Single Digit. And it's a long one, but I'm going to set it more as a game. He wants to play a game of which happens first. And all of these are set against the Detroit Lions winning the Super Bowl. Which, but, if, if, if we can remember properly, Ryan set the over-under in, as 2020, I think. Was no. It only, no, no. Was it? It, was late, it was later than that. I thought it was 2030. No, I don't think it was. I don't think it was that late. I think it was like 2022. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, okay. So, okay, so in that regard, I just want you to guys say Lions or that for all these. So the Lions win a Super Bowl or, here comes the first one, a man walks on the planet Mars. <laughs> oh, no. Mars. <laughs> the Lions win a Super Bowl or the Simpsons gets canceled. Well, hold on. First of, first of all, we got to walk on the moon first. <laughs> oh, oh, all right, oh, Luke I Wilson. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I think oh, I think the man. Simpsons are going to go out on their own terms. So that, that does that count? Them just stopping? Let me just say this: the show stops. Yeah. Simpsons. Yeah, I, I could see that happening fairly soon, actually. So, uh, Lions win a Super Bowl, or a millennial gets elected president. Lions. Okay. Millennial. Detroit Lions win a Super Bowl or the London Lions win a Super Bowl? <laughs> I don't think they can win a Super Bowl. Or you just, uh, never mind, it's a made up team. Uh, Lions, the, the Detroit Lions. Google gets broken up. <laughs> never. Detroit Lions. Never, ever, Lions. ever. Okay, okay. Red meat is discovered to be really good for you. I'm, I'm sure you could find a study already. It says red meat's good for yeah, you. Okay. Uh, Cher finally retires. As long as you cook the red meat to be brown enough. Oh, Cher finally retires, Ryan. Yeah, I was talking about Cher. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you believe? Yeah, no, Cher. Justin Bieber is elected to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> lions, 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 lions. <sighs> Bieber, you son of a fever. Newspapers become fashionable again. Never, never again. Sorry. That's that's already happening somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Even, even though Carlos Monraz is doing his best to try to make it not. Ooh. And last one, Lions win a Super Bowl or the Browns win a Super Bowl? Ryan, I'm going to force you to answer this one since you're a former, you're an ex-Browns fan. Because I can speak with some expertise on this scenario. I think, I don't know. I think if the Lions and the Browns were to ever be in the Super Bowl, they'd have to play one another and it has to end in a tie. (laughs) Can you even tie? Of course you can't. They would find a way. Just and play like the Super Bowl, overtime just... period. Just play like eight plus overtime periods, like LSU and Texas A and M did, and just everyone just, just dropped thinking... dead of exhaustion. Chris, you know what I'm about to allude to, but I'm just thinking about the Joe Buck tweet about the look <laughs> <laughs> to the top of the one hundred and sixty third. <laughs> yeah. They tie and they just 
turn the Lombardi trophy into the Edmund Fitzgerald ship trophy from the greatest preseason rivalry of all time. Okay. All right. Chad Wickett. Did the Lions trick you guys into thinking they could win on Sunday? I hate to say it, but they, but they got me again. Before the game, I was all set up for the Lions to lose by 20-plus. Then I was like, and he says here, own Wilson style, so I think this is what he's been angling for. Then I was like, wow, they can do this. <laughs> you sound like Owen Wilson getting pinched like in the like bottom part of his butt fat. <laughs> uh <laughs> I, I, I think was, this was just this was just a setup for us to get the Owen Wilson wow. Yeah, for sure. But I was in the fourth quarter. I was definitely wow. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I absolutely no. I I did think the Lions had a chance of winning that game, especially when they had the ball down three in the fourth quarter. Nick Schram, if you oh, had I, caught, oh, I thought what? we were going to give Ryan a, a shot there. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going rapid fire. Ryan, yeah. What 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 do you what do you think? I'm not doing it because it's so on. bad. I don't feel like being fun right now. Oh, you're definitely not. Well, fun's my middle name. Nick Schram asking us, if you had caught Decker's touchdown ball, what would you have wanted in return for it? Owen Wilson at my birthday party saying, wow. Yes, there he goes. Yeah. That's what I want to say. This is a good question, though, uh, because... I saw a lot of really bad Lions fans saying like, uh, don't give it back to him. You can give it back to him when they get a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, like Taylor Decker has that power. <laughs> right, right. I mean, realistically, what I mean, I, I feel like I wouldn't even ask for anything. I, I kind of want something in the back, but I feel rude asking. So like just like obviously get a, a, a ball in return, preferably signed by him and as many people as possible, but I don't know. I think asking for more than that is being kind of rude. Like this is a really big moment for Taylor Decker. It's something that like we mentioned before, it's never happened in his entire football career. Most likely won't ever happen again. It's a really cool moment. Just give him the ball back. Yeah, that's cool. I wish you would have had the forethought to not throw it in the stands. If you really wanted it. Look, if he's going to throw it away, come on. what if that had gone to, what if that had gone to a Rams fan? I'm just saying like, if you're a Rams fan and he asked for it back, don't be like, but anyway, sorry. Why do we have to be so tribalism about it? Just give a dude that wants a ball back his ball back. Let Ryan speak. Don't be the crabby it's, neighbor. It's not his ball. It technically belongs to the NFL. So I guess I should. I guess I should. I guess I should mail it back to Roger Goodell. Um, so yeah, I'll just say uh, Taylor. It's not yours. So if you want it, you got to go to the commissioner's office to get it because I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Wow. Give away something that's not what mine. What is wrong with well, you right now? Look at him standing for the for the for the league itself for the shield for the shield. I bet you uh, thought they handled the, the Kareem Hunt situation perfectly. Okay. Oh, that's All a right. low blow. That's okay. That, I, that's wow. hurtful. I wanted to give my actual thing that I would ask Taylor Decker to do, and I would ask him to donate to a charity of my choosing. All right, now you, now you, okay, that, that's expert high rolling. I'll give you credit. You just high rolled me to hell. I hate you. Yeah. Suck my butt. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Claire at Chimchus asking us, what, which will have a higher box office? The Lion King, the new one that's coming out, or Detective Pikachu? Domestic or national? <laughs> Sorry, domestic or worldwide? 
I don't know. Domestically, well, let's, say, let's say worldwide. Domestically, Lion King worldwide Pikachu probably. You really think you really think a live action detective Pikachu is going to be doing that much more worldwide than like the remake of Lion King with like uh-huh. just sure. understanding the the giant monster that Disney is now? Is Pokemon not a huge draw everywhere as well it is it is but as toys i don't know about movie and and don't get me wrong i want to see detective pikachu so much more than i want to see the same movie i saw when i was a kid just with cgi well there you go Um, my point yeah i i think actually the answer can only be lion king it literally has the title lion king it is backed by this company (laughs) called disney and it has an actress in it named Beyonce. I like how is how is that not just like a license to print money? <laughs> Do you know the last big thing that Beyonce voice acted in though? Don't know. Don't care. I know it wasn't okay. Disney produced. I, I, never mind then. It's 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 too niche to even talk about. Let's just say that her track record selecting things to voice act for was not has not been good. Hmm. This is Disney, and this is Lion King. It's a slam dunk. I mean, the thing's gonna make the thing's gonna make over a billion dollars. Detective I mean, Pikachu like, will yeah. not make billion dollars. It will not make a Detec- billion dollars. I think Detective Pikachu will be the better movie, but I don't think it's gonna make as much as Lion King. That's each all. his own. All right. Um... Let's see here. Harrington HOF. How can you even ugh without, you know, bruh, what, ha, ha? Yep. Bruh. Come on. MCGB. Why does Jim Bob Cooter receive no credit when the offense does good, but when everyone's hurt, he gets, he's getting all the blame and it's not Stafford's fault. When is the Lions offense done well? I'm waiting. Yep. I'm waiting. Yep. Let's get to an actual Lions question now. OG Helios, if Mike Ford does well enough to end out the year at the number two CB spot, would it still be worth drafting or gunning for a top end cornerback in free agency? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, hold I, on. I'd maybe maybe draft. not free agency. Yeah. yeah, I'd prefer the draft too, Jeremy. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean... Mike Ford is, has shown signs of being okay, and I I gladly have him on as as our backup next year, based on what I've seen so far. But I don't really want him to be a starter. Not saying he can't grow into that, but remember, this is this is a guy who's only now played three career NFL games. Um, he, we, we've he's, seen he's this, not going to be yeah. starting level talent next year, and he really isn't right now, even though he's playing okay. We've seen this before too with the Lions, right? Like there's some guys who will come in who have just never had a good spot. They'll play one good, really impressive year and they'll just vanish after after that. Like um, truth, I've, I mean, I, I've completely is, forgotten the name off the top of my head. Defensive tackle from a couple years ago. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Uh mm, No, no, no. Defensive tackle also played on the edge a few times. Was pretty Kerry much Hyder? Kerry Hyder, yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I just... The, the truth also is that the Lions need more than one cornerback right now. They probably need two or three. And yeah. so 
yeah, give me give me a top end one. And I mean, Darius Slade can't be around forever either. So yep. better to get some young talent in here as well, even though he's, you know, he's still only 27. But obviously, whether or not this year is just an aberration or him in actual decline is up for debate. But Darius Slade isn't at the top of his game right now. So just, you know, as much talent in the secondary as this team can take right now, I, I want it. Henry Clyde, would Lions be able to ruin Aaron Donald's career had he been drafted instead of Ebron? Thank you, Ryan. That is the answer that requires. JoJo Wicker fan. Uh, questions about St. Louis. Two of them, and I usually don't take two, but you know what? I like both here. St. Louis or Los Angeles? No, no, no. For, just throw out the question. It's just, it's the, the questions are titled St. Louis. First question, favorite type of of brand of barbecue sauce. Do we not care enough? Mm, I don't know. I don't, I don't, really I don't like have like a whole lot of experience. Yeah. I do the I sweet mean, baby rays, I guess. Yeah, I don't baby know. Baby rays is fun. Like, yeah, like I, I don't feel strongly enough about bottled barbecue sauce, to be honest. Yeah. So I'll just move right along to the second part of this question. Should LA compensate St. Louis in some way as they stole their team right when they became good? <laughs> it does sucks for it does suck for St. Louis people. No, it didn't. I think no, it for sure. No, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't suck to have your franchise taken away from you. You're always on here talking about how Baltimore doesn't deserve the Ravens. No, I mean, I, I think they deserve the Ravens. The Ravens have won them enough, just fine. I just don't think that the culture have moved out like in the middle of the night. Uh, in the case of St. Louis, a I kind of have a hatred for that city. B I am now in L.A. proper. <laughs> See, I mean, St. Louis people weren't really showing up for Rams. Like they had, they had like one good year there for the greatest show on turf, and everyone got ginned up for about like two, three years, then just decided it wasn't worth it anymore. God, so, you are such a Cali boy now. You've you've lost your way, my friend. I don't. But like, you know I, I'm not, okay, I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this to be like to be saying screw St. Louis. I'm just saying, I don't know, really. I, I've, I've evolved. I, I see both sides here, Jeremy. I see both sides of the argument. Nah, man. I, it's tough for people to afford NFL games this, this you know, in this era. And, no, no, and I get I, I don't blame St. Louis for not filling out the stadiums for I also think St. Louis is a very big baseball town. And that's sure. never, yeah. But I don't know. I, I hate when teams move away from cities and all the more reason for me to hate Los Angeles Rams because they're also horrible sports. It's a horrible sports city. I know you're going to okay, push but that, back. Hold on, hold that, I, I am going to push you back because I hear this all the time, and yet I see it happen in nearly every place. But because it's always L.A. or Miami, people then bag on those cities. But, like, I've seen horrible crowds. Like, again, horrible crowds at St. Louis. Suddenly it's, it's oh, it's expensive to go to an NFL game that's in St. Louis. But, like, what, do you think it's, like, cheap here in L.A. too? I'm not talking about attendance at stadiums. I'm talking about going to a sports bar to watch an LA Kings game while they're in the friggin' Stanley cup. I can't find it on a TV in a sports bar in LA. It's a horrible sports bar. That's fair. Um, It's hockey in, in a desert. What do you want? No one cares about hockey anymore. Do people not realize hockey is dead as a sport? It is a Midwestern Canadian sport and maybe Boston, but outside of those regions, no one gives a crap about hockey. Yeah, sorry, definitely didn't get behind their team at all, dude. Like the ratings for the NHL are way down. They they've whoa, it's bad, man. Yeah, man, it's bad, man. I don't know what else to tell you. All right, 
What was that? I don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore. Uh, I'm really bored asking us. Actually, wait, hold up. No. I don't <laughs> like that question. Uh, Meth Chef Jeff. Mike McMahon, did you know he last played for the... Up, uh, about Mike McMahon, do you know that he last played for the Uppsala 86ers of the Swedish Super Series in 2013? What? That's true? I do now. That's amazing. Mike, yeah, when was the last time that dude played in the NFL? Um, I'm going to look it up right now. Minnesota no Vikings in 06. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, then he played one year with the Alouettes and then something called the California Redwoods. Oh, two U he, he played for the United the UFL for three years for yeah, three years. Mike McMahon in seven career starts with the Lions completed forty-three percent of his passes. Ah, <sighs> oh, wow. Have fun Help. with that, Sweden. <laughs> but not anymore. 2013, he's done. 9 minus 81 equals MVP. Uh, first off, no, it doesn't. Um, he asks, is it soda or pop? Pop. It's soda. You're giving up the ghost. Ryan says it's soda. Yeah. It's soda. Think, also, yeah, nine, I, nine, minus, 9 minus 81 is 72, right? No, 9 minus 81 is negative 72. Yes. Well, I mean, whatever. A You're a high school teacher. <laughs> Let me be clear. A high school English teacher. <laughs> I have not taken a math true. class since my junior year of high school. How long ago was that? Do the math. Three years ago. Four years ago. Dang <laughs> <laughs> it. Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Ryan Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday. So go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side. I have to impress upon Jeremy. He was talking about being being in a time machine. Yeah, yeah. We have to impress upon Jeremy here how bad Chris Spielman was on this. I don't know if we released this or if this just sits separate somewhere, maybe a hidden track or what. But Chris Spielman was really bad on this, uh, on this, like, wow. Yeah. The time machine, the time machine, like what, what, what was going on with that? Brian explain. Uh, The, the time machine thing was bizarre, but the thing that I got most upset with him about was when the lions had that code red, the, uh, the third down, the third down draw play. And it just got like a, you know, Jeremy, you were there for like, just got like a bunch of booze. Yep. And Chris Spielman was like, that was the right play. Uh, he's like, anybody who doesn't disagree with it, that's the same play. He's like, that's the same call that Marvel Levy uh, Marv would make. Hall of Fame head coach. That's my guy. It's like, okay. 
Yeah, and I think if I remember now, the time machine was about Chris Spielman wanting to get in a time machine to go back to his playing days for some reason yes. or, or another. Yeah, it was some kind of hit. And also he was like, he was also saying like horse collar tackles should be legal like if you don't throw him to the ground, but if you set him down gently. I was like, I don't know how anybody sets anybody down gently with a horse collar tackle. Yeah, the time machine. Um, what was that one thing? Oh, right. I think the Rams were scoring a touchdown. What was that one of Todd Gurley's touchdowns, I think? Well, as as Brenneman's trying to call the t- the touchdown, Spielman keeps going keeps going over and over. Let me show you this block. Let me show you this block. He's not even in the, the he's not even in the end. The Rams player isn't even in the end zone. It wasn't Gurley, it was someone else. Isn't even the end zone yet. And Spielman is going, let me show you this block. Let me show you this block. I I, I can I already know what play this is based on what you're telling me. And it's gotta yeah. be the one where Damon Harrison gets flattened. There's a moment where Chris Spielman is talking about um, a matchup and he's like, okay, now imagine this is like, you know, it's a boxer. You got your left hook and your right hook and your jab. Okay. Now in this moment, he just bull rushes the tackle. Just immediately tries to set up an analogy and then, then bails on it immediately bails on it before he even starts. <laughs> Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find this anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out.